I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credits scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshow. What's up, bootlickers? Um, <laughs> do you want to start? Okay. <laughs> it felt like you had something. <laughs> no, I just thought that'd be funny. That was pretty funny. Well, um, I guess this is funny enough now to stay in. <laughs> um, welcome, everybody, to the Cop Opture Podcast. This is film franchise Fortnite's on the Cop Opture Podcast, where every fortnight we discuss a film franchise. And I am AJ, and over there, we, we Richard and I live in different cities. Ah. Which I'm, I haven't mentioned in a long time. And so what we do is we we hop on Google Hangouts together because it, it's it's better than Skype. And it's better than Discord. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Um, do not get, no. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying. Uh, and we talk about a chosen film franchise that we've watched over the last two weeks. Richard, what did we watch this fortnight? Blade. Blade. The Blade Trilogy. The Blade Trilogy. That's right. Oh. Uh, so this is a trilogy consisting of three films. Nice change. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> it's like the, consisting of three films, each one of them a movie. <laughs> uh, so you've got Blade in 1998, directed by Stephen Norrington. Blade 2 in mm. 2002, directed by Guillermo del Toro. And Blade Trinity 2004. Uh, directed by David S. Goya. wonder what the statistic is on like trilogies where one of them is directed by someone you've heard of, but it isn't the first one. Feels like this is... But I guess when he did, when he did Blade 2, was Del Toro as big as he was as he is uh, now? No, this was like pre-kind of... Um, so he'd made Cronos, the Devil's Backbone, and Mimic, and then Blade 2 was kind of... Uh, but then, like, I think the success of Blade 2 allowed um, him to get Hellboy financed, which was his passion project. But it's it's so funny because he's got such a magical fairy tale name compared to the other two directors in the in the series. Stephen Norrington. Stephen Norrington or Guillermo del Toro. Like, like, maybe maybe <laughs> it's because I associate the films with the man now, but even just his name is one. Like, it's the like, same as, like, Quentin Tarantino is, like... I associate what a Quentin It's an action-packed name. Yeah, yeah, right? It is, though. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so this is a Del Toro franchise in some some respect, which is our first yeah. Del Toro franchise. I mean, he's uh, only yeah. done Hellboy, I guess. So. Uh, and Pacific Rim. Oh, yes, that would, that would count. Yeah. 
It would. I uh, actually, also... and Mimic has two sequels. It was suggested on the very Patreon poll that we put up for the, that, that ended up in Blade. Um, there are There is a Mimic trilogy. So there you go. Wow. Uh, and there's also uh, he was the you know he was attached to the Hobbit for a long time, yes. so he was a producer on that project. So technically, it's not the the first thing that he's no. been involved in that we've covered on this podcast. Anyway, anyway, enough dilly dallying. Mm. Uh, Blade 1998. What is it about? So it's based on a Marvel comic series, uh, and this is pre MCU, so there's no interconnected universe or anything. Um, and it is about a vampire hunter named Eric, um, or Blade, <laughs> as he prefers, which, if, you know, don't call me Eric, my name is Blade. <laughs> a very 1998. Um, and he he is actually a day walker. So his mum was bit by a vampire while she was pregnant with him. And so he mm. uh, has all the powers and strength of a regular vampire with none of the weaknesses he can eat garlic he can um walk around in, in, the sun. in sunlight and a stake to the heart kills him just like it would kill any person in the world <laughs> um but he uh the only weakness he does have is the thirst, the thirst. for blood yeah so he tries to to i it's kind of it's more understated in the movie, I think, than it should be. But there's a through line through all three films of various ways with which he suppresses his urges with, like, a drug or something. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Well, he has, like, yeah, a few different ways, like you say, uh, created by his friend Whistler. Mm-hmm. Yep, Whistler is a, a a human vampire hunter who took Blade off the streets when he was a little kid and yep. um, has fostered him into the um, badass vampire slayer he is to net today. Um, and the first film is about them taking on uh, Deacon Frost, played by Stephen Dorff, um, who is a vampire, a, a non-pure-blood vampire, so he was bit. Um, he wasn't born a vampire. I think that's what that means. Um, and he basically takes on the uh, vampire elders who have created some co- sort of system with humans that allows them to vampires and humans to live in relative harmony. And he thinks that humans should be the cattle with which vampires farm. And so he overthrows the vampiric government and tries to resurrect a ancient vampire series of demons to take over the world with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh nice. Very cool. And how does it end? They they Blade wins. The, yeah, Blade wins. <laughs> I mean he <laughs> he does unleash the demons, but they've got this um this uh what's it well, I guess it's a Chekhov's gun, which is a um is is a a bunch of serum in these various little syringes which um explodes a vampire from the inside out and blade in a what is a very cool kickflip <laughs> put, pushes all these yeah. syringes into a now possessed um deacon frost and it explodes him um and it looks pretty dated but you know what <laughs> it was a fine movie it was okay it is fine okay so that's that's your opinion of it it's, it's fine. good it's good they're fun that's good do you want to say more about well, it? Well, I think so. I think that this is a trilogy where 
um, by the time it got to the third one, unfortunately, time caught up with it. It's already pushing it by being very 90s in 1998, and then that translates into very 2000s in 2002. But when the fourth one, the third one comes out in 2004, I think people are over the cheesiness. It's 2004 was a very serious time, Richard. Um, and so mm. I don't think people were were up for it. But one thing that I did think was interesting is despite how Matrixy the first one feels like it's inspired by it predates the matrix it does yeah isn't that interesting it is so you think do you think the matrix stole a lot from blade um maybe it was just more that wearing sunglasses and leather jackets was in the style at the time um but it it, it, if if you were to watch blade and not know what year it came out in it would be you would be forgiven for thinking it's just trying to capitalize on the matrix hmm Hmm. not as good cgi yeah. as the matrix though and the matrix doesn't nah. have great cgi so <laughs> let that i've i've described this and we've used this a few times in the podcast but i've described blade one before as a playstation one movie um where mm. its aesthetic is very much that of a playstation one game and in this case the graphics the 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 cgi when you see like someone explode into blood like explosions of blood um are literally no better than a late playstation one hardware <laughs> like kind of generated yeah. graphics um the you could i was thinking about this we could do a whole conversation about how the second one's a playstation 2 movie and the third one's a playstation 3 movie and the metaphor doesn't not track but it's nef- definitely not as interesting past the first one where it just <laughs> it just feels like it imbues the spirit of a PlayStation One game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're right. So let's not have that conversation. Let's I think. strike it from the record. I uh, yes. Let that be stricken from the record. If anyone comments that they heard that part, I'm going to be mad. Right. So you literally want me to edit it out of the episode? What? Well, no. That was going to be the joke. Right. Um. And now we've left this conversation. No, 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 no. It. You've you've undone. You, we've we've done it to each other because me saying, "Do you want me to edit this out?" was also what I intended to be left in, and we'd have this funny thing where I was expecting you to say, "Yes, uh, edit it out," and all uh, of this would remain in. Well, but I didn't want it to look like you hadn't done your job mm. or you'd forgotten about it. Did you? Did, was it a bit like you didn't want? me disrespecting you and getting like one up on you to be recorded as well yeah i didn't want you to win yeah. i think is what it is, I, get, is that, I, I don't want you thinking you're better than me well we both um, we've both lost now so this works out perfectly yeah, well actually joe i think the listeners have lost <laughs> because they've had to listen to this. and we've won <laughs> <laughs> yes that's what a good yeah. podcast what you, should do uh what do you think it has on Ron tomatoes blade one yeah um let's go or oh, 75 way fucking off way off yeah 85 way off am i going up or down yep 95 no what is just tell me that i hate this game 55 55 yeah wow so this wasn't actually that revered no that's so, so interesting. Take, take back all that edit it out <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting because people are often comparing the blade trilogy to have the same sort of lifespan trajectory um as the spider-man trilogy the raimi spider-man trilogy no well, i think it's like blade's kind of the more underground one but it does have yeah. like the same trajectory like you said that it's like promising pretty good not very good <laughs> um yeah you know like um 
Yeah, but I don't think it's it's near the same prestige. But they're not it, as good also as, comes as from, no, they're not. Yeah, no, but but that also comes from you know this was kind of the first big Marvel like successful Marvel adaptation, mm. and because because there's a funny thing that you know like Black Panther was like this big like oh it's the first like black superhero and Deadpool's like it's the first R-rated superhero film, but a lot of people you know love to point out that Blade mm. was both of those things and it was like the first superhero movie, but I, I messaged you while watching this and saying this is like the Detective Pikachu of R-rated superhero movies where it's like, um. It's it's the only one to succeed in a certain thing. Um, like with Detective Pikachu, it's um, movies based on video games, but it's not something other people can replicate necessarily. Like Blade feels like such a specific character mm. that it's like, you know, maybe it's like, oh, pick a character that people. It doesn't matter that they're from a comic book, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because so what? What the to expand on 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 that metaphor? It's like um or simile sorry um you will be like if someone was going to make a crash bandicoot movie they can't look at what detective pikachu did right because detective pikachu has the entire brand of pokemon which transcends gaming behind it and it bases it on a pokemon game that like nobody's played and so there's not a lesson to be learned that can be replicated then the nut hasn't been cracked on video game movies yeah based on detective pikachu when you said to me that blade was the detective pikachu of comic book movies i thought you were talking about a black protagonist I didn't realize you were talking about because it's an R-rated one. And I was like, what could he possibly mean? Guess I'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying like, even though like Deadpool's touted as the first mainstream R-rated superhero film, Blade did it first, but you can't learn lessons for making a good R-rated superhero film from Blade, whereas you could from, and people have from Deadpool yeah i think so yeah but now that now that as i'm saying that i'm like yeah i guess you kind of can anyway um <laughs> cut this whole part out um, <laughs> um no but i think it's an interesting thing that it's like th- these two milestones that were kind of celebrated in the last um five years mm-hmm. um were already done and like quite successfully really for yeah. comparatively for, for the time period um because i mean like I, I, you know if blade didn't come out and people were like oh actually people will go see a marvel adaptation um you know we might not have had x-men which and then we wouldn't have had spider-man and then we wouldn't have had you know all these things yeah and i think that the it is to to those who like to say blade was the first black superhero movie or blade was the first r16 superhero movie it's also like yeah okay but it also predates the superhero yeah. boom much in the way that superman it's like yes we know superman was the first superhero movie which t- i'm th- pretty sure the phantom no it doesn't predate but the character never, never mind cut that part yeah, out anyway. um, <laughs> the, like like it's gonna be a very short podcast the, by the time it's released there's a difference between doing something radical when something's popular and doing something radical before the thing's popular because it's not radical if you do it yeah. before it's popular yeah because i guess it's like this was before people had a certain expectation going into a superhero movie but and and it's like yeah it's not even necessarily there's nothing about it necessarily that you would register as being a superhero movie no it's like an action movie it feels borderline ashamed of its comic book origins yeah and well i mean it's you know the reason we're doing this we should have mentioned up the top is that it's spooky season and this is a horror franchise (laughs) apparently Um, (laughs) uh which oh my god so funny aj was like 
No, stop, because this was chosen by our, by our lovely Patreons, um, our patrons on Patreon. Uh, we had a um, a poll going um, that was going to be this episode, and AJ goes, no, stop the presses. Shut it down. We, <laughs> shut it down. We need to, to choose a horror franchise. Because um, it's Spooktober. And we got Blade. Yeah. So we got Blade, which is a monster, and look, it's about vampires, and it's, it's it does it, it does say on Wikipedia, Blade is a nineteen ninety eight American superhero horror film, and it is our second vampire based film franchise this year, and I think our third overall, with Twilight being the first. I don't know if we've done any other vampire based horror movies outside of uh, Twilight and Fright Night. And now I I could not tell you that. Wow, you could, you could do it. I could, but I won't. Um, so we didn't mention this uh at, at all yet. But the film stars Wesley Snipes. It's been on the front. It's been on my frontal lobe this entire time. Mention it. Oh, so you, you've got quite a lot to say about Wesley Snipes. No, just mentioning that he's the star. I feel like that's very pertinent information. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, we'll probably talk about Wesley Snipes a bit more in the third one because that's where the the personality of who Wesley Snipes is kind of takes <laughs> over a bit more. Um. He he was uh working on a getting a Black Panther movie made for a long time, wow. and when that finally properly fell through, he signed on to Blade. Um, because this had been in development since 1992, and LL Cool J wanted to star in it. Oh, yeah. Um, and then New Line ended up, uh, you know, uh, greenlighting it, and apparently they originally wanted something that was almost a spoof. I can I can understand that sort of yeah. same thing with like-, like it's the kind of movie that I can understand a. Uh, studio exec team worrying about taking seriously and they're right to because yeah this as we said (laughs) well it is now well it's not it's not stupid it's it's one of those things where it's like yes this is very dated and very of its time but i can still appreciate that if you made the blade 1998 verbatim today um, it, mm. it wouldn't. It wouldn't get more than fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and then also starring in this film, we mentioned the Whistler, which is played by the lone dinosaur himself, Chris Christopherson. Wow, our second Chris Christopherson <laughs> franchise after um, the Land Before Time. Uh, and he, um, what did you think of of uh, the character of the Whistler? Did you think it was a good adaptation of the character from the comics? The char- the comics I'm very familiar with. I liked yeah. Whistler. I thought he was a cool yeah. character. Yeah, but what like compared to his comic book counterpart? I don't know. Think? I haven't read the comics. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because he's not in them. Wow! Imagine if I tried to fake that. Yeah, I was hoping you would. Like when you give a drunk person water and tell them it's it's vodka. But okay, so so what did you um what did you think of his like kind of debut appearance then in, in Blade? I liked him. He's cool. Oh, so I I did trick you because he's not in the comics. He was created by David S. Goy for this movie, but it's not his debut uh, in, uh, as a character. He I actually haven't, he haven't was created for this movie, but he debuted on Spider Man the Animated Series. Interesting. <coughs> wow, yeah. that's really interesting. So it's like how Harley Quinn debuted on the animated Batman series. Yeah. So he um. It was uh, an episode of of the Spider Man the animated series featuring Blade, and they like kind of created this character. That they well they used this character that was being developed for the Blade movie. Wow, cool, interesting, yeah, very cool. It he feels like a comic book, like with a name like Whistler. That's the thing. Yeah. Like it's it's so and like this 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 older kind of Southern gentleman, mm. um, yeah, who, who's the the mentor, he retired vampire hunter. It it feels so pulpy. 
Mm. Um, and so I guess that's a credit to David S. Goyer, um, yeah. who would, you know, later in his career kind of go off the rails in terms of quality of comic book writing. Because uh, yeah, he would what, go on to do Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, right. and have this whole rant about how um, you can't do Martian Manhunter on film because that's fucking goofy, and how She-Hulk only exists as a because the Hulk is such a male power fantasy that he'd split in half any woman he tried to fuck, so they made She-Hulk so that Hulk would have someone to fuck. Um, these are like his words, um, presumably not realizing that She-Hulk is Hulk's cousin. Um, but anyway, it's, so that's it's all David green, baby. for you. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? I said, it's all green, baby. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, okay, so... With with Whistler, I did think he had the best line in the first film, which again, it's weird thinking that he wasn't invented earlier because it, I can see this happening in some being like, this is classic Whistler, <laughs> which is when um, Blade and the love interest are uh, cornered in this like, so where they keep like the vampire Bible scrolls, like this museum of sorts. The elder and all these yeah 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 and all these vampires run in and, and they corner them and start attacking them and then whistler explodes open the the wall and walks in and goes i catch you fuckers at a bad time and then shoots them all up which i thought was very fun a lot well, of good this- one-liners I haven't haven't watched a movie with a lot of good one-liners in ages richard <laughs> what did we watch last fortnight oh the godfather one of the most <laughs> famous treasure <laughs> troves of one-liners in history but action one-liners right yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen a good um some motherfuckers always trying to uh, skate uphill <laughs> what's that from that's from blade it's like the most famous oh. line from blade what say it again some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill damn that's deep it is wow yeah what did you think of blade uh it, it- yeah, it's it's that same kind of. I mean, obviously, it's not as good as the first Spider Man, but it's. I, I do like that it's not an origin story. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's cool. That's just like we're just jumping in on Blade, and he's he's an established hunter. We don't have to see him learn the mm. tricks of the trade. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 good enough. Like, um, yeah. I I was logging these films on Letterbox this week, and I noticed that a friend of mine at work had had marked them all as seen. And I asked him about, I was like, "You've seen the Blade movies?" And he was like, "Ah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I have." And I was like, "Oh, what do you like? What do you think of them?" And he was like, "Ah, uh, I mean, I I don't know, like they're fine, <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing." Um, and I think that's kind of. Yeah, I imagine that for a lot of people, and I know some people listening that that were talking in the Discord about these films were like, "Oh my god, I have, I'm so ready for the discussion chat about this film, about this film series because I have so much to say about them." And I'm like, "How?" Yeah, <laughs> you know? well, the the discussion chat on the Discord, which everyone listening to this should join, might be a little bit more um, fruitful than our discussion <laughs> for this episode because <laughs> we we're both like, "Is this a talker episode?" And we we're both like. Oh, not really. And you no, know, we'll not, still make We were both like, nah, should we just set up a, a gag at the start about how we're going to cut stuff out of the podcast? And then mm. if in doubt, we can just go back to that. Dude, cut that out. Wait, I, I'm I'm the one who cuts things out. Yeah. Um, what I like Stephen Dorff. Are you familiar with the work of Stephen Dorff? Uh, he's someone whose name I am very familiar with. So um, he played Deacon Frost, knowing his name. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I don't know how familiar I am with his work. 
He so all I've the only other thing I've seen him in it's is in True Detective, Detective season, season three. three, where he's a much what? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with me seeing him in True Detective Season 3? Oh, it's just predictable. Well, I'm sorry that it's predictable. Okay. Should I not say it, Richard? Should I just move on? No, no, go. He's much older in True Detective Season 3, which was all I'd seen him in. And then I knew he was in Blade 1. And when he turns up, I actually was like, that's not him. He's too young. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is 21 years earlier than True Detective Season 3. So... He looks good, young. He looks like a Backstreet Boy. <laughs> like an evil <laughs> Backstreet Boy. Yeah, he looks like a 1998 um, villain. Hmm. Uh, he is... Uh, the Skeet Ulrich. Um, or Ulrich was lobbied for the role of Frost, uh, who played Billy Loomis in Scream. Oh, yeah. And also Mark Wahlberg apparently was offered the role. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, you're going get you, you're, you're gonna get offered a role if you're Mark Wahlberg. In 1998, yeah. Um, well, we spoke. So we spoke in Fright Night about um, vampire lore because they had stuff about how uh, it was like deep cuts of vampire lore. Yeah, um, it was like like they could they the could vamp- turn into wolves. They can turn into wolves, which has apparently always been part of actual vampire lore and just not really pop culture's understanding of vampire lore. And they can turn into yeah. mist and other animals other than bats and mm. things like that. Um, but so. Blade was kind of they they had a chance to update that law. I mean, I guess like anything, um, there's a a John Landis quote uh, where he says, "How do you kill a vampire?" You say, "Oh, stake through the heart, um, garlic, or silver bullet," and he says, "No, you kill a vampire whatever the fuck you want. They're not real." Yeah, law is just yeah. that. Like, law like, is what yeah. you make um, up. Like you know, I I could make it like I mean, this is Twilight. It's a prime example yeah. that um. You know, you, you, they're vampires, but it's like, oh, they can only have their head ripped off. And they don't die in the sunlight. They just sparkle and it makes them... Um, and know, if anything, conspicuous. Twilight's quite a clever um, sort of re- revisionist's history of yeah, vampires. because it's, it's like, like, oh, this is what, how, you know, this is, it shows you how stories can be altered over time. Yeah, yeah. Twilight is is more clever than Blade and Fright Night. Um, but apparently uh, in... Up, in updating and kind of cherry picking what they wanted to use from vampire lore um they decided against using crosses because they were like well what if a vampire is jewish why would a cross affect them hmm. well yeah i don't think vampires are affected by crosses because they're christian <laughs> i think if if you're if 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 you're looking at why that would be offensive to use crosses it's it's because the mythology of the film then states that Christianity is the the one true religion, right? Mm. Well, it's I guess that, that's why they chose. That's maybe another reason they. If a, they a Jewish vampire should be just as scared of a cross as another vampire, I guess <laughs> that's the case. Um. um uh, lastly, I'll just on the on the first Blade movie, and then we'll move on. Um, just kind of talking about the the origins of the Blade comic book character because it's probably important to mention. So the character uh, was exist, uh, created in nineteen seventy three. Uh, as a supporting character in the 1970s comic The Tomb of Dracula. Uh, mm. And in the comic, Blade's mother was bitten by a vampire while she was in labor with Blade. Um, and uh, the character was not originally the the Daywalker, as he's known, but a human being immune to being turned into a vampire, uh, lacking the superhuman strength and speed of his undead quarry. He relied solely on his wits and skill until he was bitten by the character Morbius. 
no played shit. by Jared Leto. Um, and uh, next year's Morbius, uh, as seen in Peter Parker's uh, Spider-Man 8, uh, first published in August 1999, so um, after this film. So remember we spoke about in Spider-Man how they did this big convoluted thing where like sp- uh, Peter Parker turned into a spider and then that spider like cracked open and a clone of Peter Parker with all of his memories yeah, yeah. came out. But the only difference was he had organic web shooters to kind of bring that over from the Raimi film. Um, yeah, the, he became the Daywalker in the comics um, because uh, after the release of this film, presumably to do that. It's because the the script writers came up with the term Daywalker and these guys were like, fuck, that's great. Yeah. We should have called the whole comic Daywalker. And Deacon Frost also differs from his comic counterpart. He retains Frost's upstart ambitions, but he was a great deal younger and more updated for the 1990s. It's always the way. Yeah. It's always the way. It's He's fucking the 100% the of, of the time, that's the way. <laughs> so, Blade <laughs> 2, 2002. Uh, that came out in 2002, as I just fucking said. Uh, and it was directed by Guillermo del Toro, as we mentioned up top. Uh, what is Blade 2 about, AJ? So, Blade 2 is about, there's sort of a, a more evolved version of vampires running amok that can also kill vampires. And the difference is instead of just biting, they now their jaws open up sort of like a python and they have a tongue that shoots out. Yeah, that's so it, like at, at the chin, running yeah. like down, you know, through your kind of middle two teeth. Uh, mm. It like splits open uh, that way, uh, yeah. and then yeah, a, a kind of almost like the the face it looks like the face hugger in uh, Alien. Mm. Um, yeah, it's on our Instagram if people want to look. Yeah, there's a or dog just Google it. Almost yeah. definitely faster. Yeah. Um, you yeah so that blade is recruited by his the the vampire underground which previously saw him as their enemy because now they've got a a common enemy um and so they go up against these vampires these these super evolved vampires there's a reveal at the end of that um the super evolved vampires all stem from um like a failed experiment from the underground vampires like the vampire pope essentially <laughs> um and so then it ends with Blade going against both the superpowered vampire and the underground vampires who he thought were his allies. And he defeats them both and everyone dies and it, uh, except for Blade. Um, Whistler died in the first one, but is saved at the start of this one. Um, yeah. So I guess that's somewhat relevant. Um, and there's one of the underground vampires is kind of his love interest in this though they never they never like seal the deal it's there is a just... there is a the original script had a sex scene between them oh there you go like um, e- but... every film pretty much i think can't remember if it has in the first one but um they all have like there was originally a scripted sex scene between blade and this character i can t- yeah i hope so um <laughs> feels like Fuck, a i hope i can get my hands on that script eh? <laughs> <laughs> um but she gets bit by the evolved vampire before blade can defeat him and so she's she's going to turn into a, a evolved vampire but she doesn't want to so she's like i want to see the sunrise and so he he carries her out to the sunrise and they watch it together as she burns up in the sunlight and what i thought while watching this and i wonder if we can unpack this um very del toro yeah right. like a trade a tragic so a one character holding their love interest in a doomed situation 
because the shape of water has something similar at the end um pan's labyrinth while it's not a romantic relationship has something similar towards the end because it's a very greek looking image holding someone right as they die yeah um and pan's labyrinth of course is greek as shit um so uh, Um, del toro himself though not greek yeah i i do i'm glad you mentioned the kind of like the classic del toro thing because that that design of the um mouth opening up like that Mm. but like that's classic del toro to me and i'd seen that before and i just assumed it was from pan's labyrinth because he (laughs) he, he directed a simpsons intro or at least there's one i think he directed it um a, a couch gag and it has references to all of his films and i recognized it from that Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, oh yeah, that must be part of Pan's Labyrinth. So when it happened in this, I was like, oh my god, I recognize this. <laughs> the fuck? What I so I'd seen Blade Two before somewhere in a a long lost dream. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. when I was ten, I think my brother taped it on TV, and I saw bits of. And you saw, and you watched it in your dream. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I so did. you actually hadn't seen Blade Two. No. <laughs> you just, you um, and to be fair, Blade One does have this as well, but Blade Two especially has some really nice like prosthetic effects that they play with mm. that that are very fun to look at and the one scene i remembered from blade 2 was when they they capture one of these de- the, a dead uh evolved vampire and they crack open its rib cage and find that it's like bra it's its heart is encased in bone and mm. you have to like stab it from the side and they also discover they they like are able to open up its mouth you know and the, the very the the many uh different uh categories of of the mouth you know like their tongue they yeah. they dissect that like i remember that and, scene yeah. i remember watching that scene when i was like 10 or 11 and being like this is the coolest shit i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, I'm glad i was able to experience that because it is it's very gory is the second one r18 uh i'm not sure about like specific writing but they're all definitely r it it feels like it's a bit more than r16 um but it's very cool, very del Toro to to dissect a vampire body. I thought was was um the type of shit that he loves doing. And they pour like a bit of blood on this like very realistic looking organ in the center of its body, mm. and it like starts oh, yeah, squirming yeah. and stuff. Because it's like the it's... body is still feeding, even though the yeah. person's dead. Uh, actually, it was rated R rather than R eighteen because, and that's why the evolved vampires have green blood to um, keep the rating uh, down. Of course. Um, and there's no sex scene. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so what So what did you think of this one? You, would you I agree thought, that it's clearly the best one? It's clearly the best one, but at the same time, I rated both the first two 3.5 stars. Yeah, I think I rated the same as you. Oh, did I rate Blade Trinity? I think I forgot to. Never you mind. did not. I've been waiting for you to do it. Oh, my God. I, I, I just look it? at Letterbox and refresh it to see what you put. What did you rate it? Uh, I rated it two stars two stars very cool <laughs> um uh yeah i'll just give it the same oh there we go um so i yeah it is clearly the best one i think the story's really good i'm not a big fan of the whistler retcon at the start it's not that i don't like i do like whistler but it, a retcon for a character death always feels like really thinly veiled yeah. the writers being like ah we shouldn't have killed him in the first one okay <laughs> um, i, I do want to talk about that i'm glad you, you you mentioned that while i was quickly reviewing it um 
<laughs> I just saw one of my friends reviewed Scream and said, a classic scary movie that very disappoints uh, with laughs and a few jump scares. Um, I think she misused the word very when she maybe meant to say rarely. Um, uh, anyway. Um, uh, so I, when the movie started and it was like, we have to go find Whistler, he's still alive. And he's like, not himself kind of thing and and there's the scene where he, he leaves him in a room and he's like these blinds are going to open whether you're human again or not because he's been turned into a vampire um so it's essentially like hey like either the the little bit of whistler that is inside you come out or you're going to die um and i was like when when the movie started it was this hunt for whistler i was like i don't mind the retcon because that's such a cool idea for a sequel is that just it's the hunt for whistler and then mm the film would end presumably with Whistler finally coming back to his old lone dinosaur self. And yeah. then, um, you know, they would team up to fight the bad guy. And I was like, that would have been a cool sequel, but then it's, yeah, it ends well, up just the, being like the, the pre credits sequence. Yeah. Yeah. My, my rule of thumb is retcons are all good. If it's or like reset buttons are all good. If it's the entire plot, Spider-Man two is an entire like all of spider-man 2 le- is leading to a reset button of the decision he makes at the start of spider-man 1 right because of this at, at the end of spider-man 1 because at the end of spider-man 1 he's like no i can't be with mj and to immediately re like retcon that at the start of the next movie would make the whole point of the first film feel like nothing but if you spend the yeah. entirety of the movie exploring why and how yeah. and what then i think that justifies it because clearly it's like a, we just want to bring chris christopherson back as as whistler mm. um but yeah you can justify it if yeah like because it's essentially just like resetting the status quo rather than yeah, doing yeah. something interesting story-wise um yeah. although we are introduced to scud who's uh norman yep. reedus from the walking dead our second enormous norman reedus yeah, franchise after boondock saints um yep. who ends up being a traitor against blade and as imdb DB points out um when they're doing the dissection scene you mentioned the mm-hmm. uh, the woman's like um oh squeeze that tooth scud and he doesn't want to and blade calls him a sissy which isn't like blade because he likes humans but at the end it's revealed he's always known that scud was a traitor so it <laughs> makes sense that he would call him a sissy in that scene because he likes humans mm-hmm. okay that's definitely a exaggerated trait of blade um i i want to talk about that well i mean he does he protects humans. yeah but he doesn't i don't i don't think calling him a sissy is outside of his character regardless of if his <laughs> anyway um i i was very conflicted on that because and i had i actually knew it was coming because that's another thing i actually do remember from when i'd seen this the first time is that he's revealed to be a traitor and and a familiar of ron perlman's vampire and a familiar is like um a human who's being a real simp for a vampire and hopes mm. that they'll one day get turned um get and turned. so he he gets killed because ron perlman's character has this bomb on the back of his head that blade puts there to like keep him in line and then he tries to blow it up and it doesn't work and then scud takes it off and is like it's a decoy because i'm actually on their side da, da, da. and then he's like what do you want to say to that and he goes it's not a decoy and he presses the button and uh scud looks at the, the bomb in his hand and goes he goes like ah oh, no or something like that yeah. it's very very cheesy um I remember that scene. And look, I think I like that beat, but I don't... I, it feels like something that wasn't planned from the start. It feels like... Well, it's, it's, it's inconsequential. Yeah, and, and it, it feels like Scud 
when with a character betrayal, you've really got to to set that up from the start. Yeah, because um, we and see whatever. Scud alone fighting vampires. That we like... see Scud alone fighting vampires, which isn't something he wouldn't not do if he was if he was double crossing. But it it still it feels weird to see this character alone, de- like terrified that he's going to get killed and make it out um, by the, the skin of his teeth. No mm. pun intended. Um, and then find out he was secretly a bad guy the whole time. I don't know if I bought it and it feels like they needed the beat and during the screenwriting process they were like, mm. oh, what if Scud is a bad guy the whole time and yeah. not, you know, it wasn't, wasn't played from the start. Um, and yeah, and then he's gone for the rest of the story and well, it's like... he fucking blew up. Yeah, but it's like, he, this was a very important character in the first act. Yeah, because he it's, had this it's, kind of relationship with Whistler because uh, mm. while Whistler was gone for quite a while, Scud stepped into that that kind of role. In, um, and in and it's life. a shame because you don't... So now we're, we're seeing, like, all of this seems to be based around... Um, my theory is that halfway through production, they're like, well, we've got to get Chris Christopherson back because Scud fulfills the role that Whistler could fulfill. And, but then they bring Whistler back. And so they have no need for Scud. And so they're like, oh, he's a, he's a bad guy the whole time. Let's kill him off. Instead yeah. of him just being the new Whistler. And then spoilers for Blade Trinity, Whistler dies in the first act. So yeah. it's like, they didn't need to bring Whistler back. Scud could have been the Whistler of Blade 2. Yeah. And then maybe Scud could have died in Blade and Trinity. And we would have felt that betrayal because um, as it stands, Blade's just like, yeah, I always knew. Yeah. Um, yeah and and so, is- so like, it doesn't serve a purpose to the characters or the plot. It's like, um, there's no information from the first two acts that's completely retextualized recontextualized mm. because we know that uh exactly, is a traitor. that's a great um, way to put it it doesn't advance blade's character at all because he's yeah. not betrayed he doesn't learn anything um and then it doesn't further the bad guy's plot by having someone in blade's corner this whole time um yeah. you know or it doesn't further blade's plot that he knew yeah. this guy was a bad guy the whole time it's just it's a it's a single beat of i'm a bad guy yeah yeah um and and on on that as well it's funny you mentioned like furthering blade's story blade seems to have like non-arcs in all three movies yeah. right where where he doesn't actually change or learn anything he's just always the 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 moral center of the story um which feels like one of those things like wesley snipes strikes me as the kind of actor who'd be like nah my character doesn't show weakness. My character doesn't need to learn anything because he's the well, best. Okay, so that's me. interesting you, you bring that up. So because Wesley Snipes, like it's hearing David S. Goya, Del Toro, and like um, Stephen Norrington all talk about Wesley Snipes, they're all like, "Oh my god, this guy knows Blade." Like right. e- every single character decision he makes is the right one. If you're ever discussing something and he makes a suggestion it's the right one kind of thing um Ooh, that, and that's, that's like, dangerous filmmaking isn't it and that he was like he, <laughs> not not yeah like not more just like holy shit you're right not like right. Yeah, no no yeah let's all bend over yes yes mr snipes um but um yeah it's just that he like kind of knew the character inside and out and you see him in these films and you're like are you a good actor by doing this or are you just kind of walking day, day walking, sleepwalking through this performance? Um, but on returning to the character of Blade, Weasley Snipes said, I love playing this role. It's fun as an actor to test your skills at doing a sequel to see if you can recreate something that you did. Now, that doesn't strike me as like a Weasley Snipes quote that he would do, <laughs> say about like returning to this very serious kind of 
uh, monosyllabic almost character of Blade. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very strange thing to hear him say. And then especially knowing his behavior on the third film, which we'll get to. Um, yeah, it's weird to hear him talk about like, oh my God, I love playing Blade. This is going to be so fun. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is our second or I guess third franchise to contain either a reference to or the character itself of Doctor Strange. Um, really? Because uh, during the fight with Nomak in the church part of the House of Pain, the stained glass window is a replica of Doctor Strange's uh, Eye of Agamotto. Um, right. Where uh, Del Toro is a fan of the character um, and was developing a Doctor Strange movie with Neil Gaiman, but the project was rejected by Marvel at the time. Um, so obviously the MCU contains multiple references to and the character of Doctor <laughs> Strange. Uh, but also one uh, the Hellraiser film directed by scott derrickson who would later go on to direct uh dr strange contained um the eye of agamotto sewn into the leather of um pinhead's costume where is scott derrickson's blade film why didn't he Uh, do a blade film i don't know dude get him on the horn okay hello hi this is scott derrickson i sound like aj what of it (laughs) Uh, i was just wondering why you never made a blade film because I don't work with Marvel anymore, okay? I'm going to make a horror movie now. Goodbye. <laughs> rude. Rude. No wonder no, rude. Marvel doesn't want to work with them. <laughs> um, the original idea for this film, speaking of Marvel characters, the original idea for this film, was, uh, David Goyer's idea, was to use Morbius as the primary villain. Uh, but Marvel decided they wanted to retain the rights to the character instead and make an entirely separate franchise out of Morbius, i.e. a Morbius film. And you know what? 19 years later, they would finally do that in 2021's Morbius starring Jared Leto, uh, which was supposed to come out this year. But obviously, due to the ongoings, I'm referring to the COVID-19 pandemic, if you're listening to this from the future and you've forgotten about that. um, You're forgetting about one of the most defining (laughs) events of your lifetime. Well, here we go. Do you reckon people were placing time capsules and like september october november 2001 were like uh 9 11 just happened um i don't know if you guys still remember that <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely yeah Do the dinosaurs were like we all just died out that's a big, that was a big deal <laughs> well it, i think it depends on what how how long covid's mm. um effect is right because say best case scenario it's more or less contained it just stops tomorrow <laughs> it's more or less contained within like a year you've then got a couple of years of fallout because of Mm. lockdowns and economic sacrifices and things yeah so overall like covid could be a five-year thing or it could be a 50-year thing (laughs) i don't know it depends how like we have no idea like people people anticipate it's going to be gone soon because we can't fathom the idea of it not going away anytime that's the thing eh? yeah like, and, and it's and, like it could be and yeah like in march you know april may people were talking about like oh this time next year and and it's just yeah. like it's it was just a given that like you know things will be fine oh yeah i've i was supposed to move to the u.s but it'll be fine like this time next year and it's like yeah oh, well you know <laughs> everyone's gonna be trying to get into new zealand we're gonna get become out. a can't yeah. come 
we don't want any, well that feels dangerous and <laughs> against my usual beliefs around immigrating but <laughs> you never know maybe we'll need to to get some shotguns and start fighting covid vampires i see you've been reading my notes for the episode yeah i could see them in the reflection so richard his webcam is set up with a gigantic mirror in the background so i always see the back of him as well as the front of him and i can actually see myself waving right now um and i can see his notes they are absolutely not too small for my webcam <laughs> his web camera to pick up uh, all right do you have any final thoughts on blade 2 no but we'll, are, those we'll your, are we going to talk episode. about your notes <laughs> just finish the episode um uh no, yeah, the the notes. I think that was a good note to end on. Oh no, pun intended. But my oh, god, god, what an <laughs> excellent pun! Wow. Uh, okay, so Blade Trinity. I tried to pronounce that funnily, but I, I mumbled a little bit, and I and, but, and then across. you said funnily. Yeah, in a funny manner. Uh, Blade Trinity, Trinity, two thousand and four, directed by David Escoy. So he wrote all these movies interestingly as well the second film is the only film in del toro's filmography that he doesn't have any writing credit on oh wow which is you know maybe that scud beat would have worked a little bit better if he'd had something to do with it. that do you know what that actually makes me feel okay about questioning the scud beat because i didn't want i'd be like del toro is pretty good i don't want to imply anything but (laughs) if he didn't write it yeah absolutely (laughs) the the hashtag scud beat (laughs) Uh, so what is Blade Trinity about? Blade Trinity is about Dracula um, has been resurrected by a bunch of evil vampires and um, Whistler gets killed. So Blade teams up with Whistler's hot daughter and Ryan Reynolds to go and defeat Dracula. And who's Ryan Reynolds playing? He plays... Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he plays Ryan Reynolds in um, a very early Ryan, Ryan Reynolds role. Yeah. Um. And um. Uh, Amanda. What's her name? Amanda. What's, what's Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale. Why was <laughs> I thinking Amanda Beale? Um. Jessica Beale plays New Whistler. Um. You've also got Natasha Leone in our second Natasha Leone franchise after American Pie. Um. And you've <laughs> and got Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt who dies after almost as soon as he's introduced. Um. And there's a very cringy scene where he's kind of like the Q of the the Night Stalkers, yeah. which are the 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 new crew of vampire hunters that the Blade Trinity. joins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, not not really. <laughs> they are Trinity. Um, and so Patton Oswalt's like showing them all the all the gear that he's made. But before he does, when Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel walk up, and he goes, "Oh, hi, hottie." <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, Fat Oswalt, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, what happens in the end? So a lot of people die except for Blade, Ryan Reynolds, Jessica Biel, and Natasha Leone's daughter. Um, <laughs> they defeat Dracula, who's played by the guy from Prison Break. Um, Is it him? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. And uh it's not very good it's very cheesy there like there's there are it's not just that the 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 shtick is old it's also quite tonally different because ryan reynolds adds a very specific flavor of comedy that um the exact same flavor as deadpool which doesn't really work when it's not the same thing happened with hobbs and shaw so this is our third ryan reynolds franchise yeah um 
And when and when he shows up and hobbs actually Shaw, no, right? do you know it's a fourth because he's also in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. He is too. Um, I always thought that in Hobbs and Shaw, it's like Ryan Reynolds is this is like you're making a steak and then you douse it in like chocolate sauce. And it's like I like chocolate sauce, fine, hmm. but I I wanted a steak. <laughs> but I hate not, steak. <laughs> not that fucking Fast and Furious is a steak either, but the metaphor still works. But they don't. Mix. And anyway, we're we're seeing a similar thing here where it's like. Look, I can watch a Ryan Reynolds movie. I do not dislike him at all. I may be a little bit over the the style for a bit, but Deadpool yeah. is fun. I like Deadpool. Mm. I like Deadpool. I like De- uh, Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Um yeah. But yeah, Blade is Blade is such a self-serious character and the movie takes itself seriously as well that when you introduce a wisecracking character, um it's not I don't think it works as well. Yeah. And so he's part of the reason it's not very good. But also, um, the guy from Prison Break is a is a similarly difficult actor to take seriously because he's such an American looking man <laughs> and he's playing like an, an ancient Dracula. Um mm. and uh there's also there's um oh what's what's her name? The main girl vampire? Oh uh Parker Posey. Parker Posey is terrible in this, I think. Yeah, our second Parker Posey franchise, is it? What else is she in? Uh, she's in, uh, let me just fact check myself. Um, I, she's in, um, Scream 2? Scream 3. Right. Um, she's because, very bad in this, I Yeah, because she, she, yeah, no, nah, what, yeah, yeah, she's in Scream 3. Anyway. Um. There's also a wrestler in this. Yeah, Triple H. Triple H. I didn't know he was a wrestler, but I saw his name was Triple H and I was like, that's a, that's a dumb name. <laughs> I mean, like he—he he looks like a wrestler. Oh, it's also got John Michael Higgins in it. Who's he? Uh, he's uh, Wayne Jarvis. And um, fuck, what movie? What's he? Wayne Jarvis in? Is it um, Arrested Development? Um. Oh and, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. in. He's in Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he—he's also—he's the um in Pitch Perfect. He's Elizabeth Banks's co-host. That's kind yeah. of like his big role, I guess. He's in a bunch of movies, like yeah. Adam Sandler kind of Happy Madison kind of movies. Yeah, he show, he shows up and things like that. Um, and again, a I, I, not a um, not I an actor I dislike, but it's weird to see him in this. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it is a strange um, collision of worlds. So, uh, Blade Trinity, what would you say it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, what was the second one on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, good question. Uh, what do you think it was? So first one was 55. 60? No, not quite. 65. So 57. 57. Uh, so I will give you a hint. Uh, the second one is the highest rated film in the franchise. No shit. Are you serious? The second one was, yeah. Oh, I thought you said the third one. <laughs> and I was like, what What? what candy world are we living? What, what candy ass world? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, uh, so what's, yeah, what do you think the third one has? Uh, let's Trinity. Let's go thirty-three. Oh, very nice, but it's twenty-six. Um, uh-huh. uh, also, just uh, just out of interest, um, first one has a seventy-eight percent audience score. Second one has sixty-eight, uh, and the third one has fifty-nine. Mm. So they go one, two, three, and almost by ten percent each time. Um, so this this had like a famously troubled production. Um, mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes was kind of a bit of a. Um, uh asshole to work with a bit pretty like troublesome to work with by the sounds of it um 
is according to various sources uh so wesley snipes was apparently unhappy with the film's script and original choice of director um david s goyer who had written all three films in the franchise was then selected to replace the original director of the film which snipes also protested i actually couldn't see who was the original director weirdly um maybe i didn't look hard enough let me just like quickly no it doesn't say anyway um hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, Snipes reportedly caused difficulty during filming, including frequently refusing to shoot scenes, often forcing director Goya to use stand-ins and computer effects at his character to scenes. Um, so there's like the scene in the car where um Hannibal, which is um Ryan Reynolds' character, um, is like talking about Jessica Biel in the back seat, and he's like, Yeah, she likes to listen to music, and he like describes the music she's into, and he's like, Me, I'm more I'm more of a Hassel David Hasselhoff fan. And you can see online there's like there's all the DVD extras, um, like essentially like a Judd Apatow style riff through a bunch of different artists and, and he and he sees a bunch of different lines and ryan reynolds was kind of allowed to do that because like let's just fucking film whatever and then we'll just get wesley on set and he, he just has to look at you blankly and then look towards where you're driving and so yeah. it's literally like ryan reynolds it's like do whatever you want and so this was kind of the, his first introduction to like just go wild just be silly i mean i guess he was in mm. band wilder before this which probably has more opportunities to be silly but and two guys and a girl yeah and a pizza place oh there's not a separate thing i was continuing the title of what you said um so uh co-star Patton oswalt alleged that snipes would spend much of his time smoking marijuana in his trailer and that he became violent with goya after falsely accusing him of racism uh it it has also been alleged (laughs) that snipes refused to interact with goya or his co-stars and would instead communicate with them through his assistant or the use of post-it notes snipes also allegedly referred to co-star ryan reynolds as a cracker on one or more occasions that's okay he is a cracker (laughs) it's ryan reynolds it's Ryan Reynolds. I thought Ryan Reynolds was so bad in this movie. <laughs> like well, Wesley it, Snipes may have been bad offset or, or behind this behind the camera, but on camera he's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's. Uh, I don't know because there, there's the scene that, that that you talked about where they had to, or you talked about off pod. I mean that um, where they had to CGI um, uh, Blade's eyes open because Weasley Snipes well, it's, a, refused, it's actually yeah. a deleted scene which I discovered while watching the film and we, and was like where's the funny CGI eyes scene um, which yeah. is probably for the best that it didn't make it in because it's it looks awful <laughs> yeah um, yeah so this what, is when they think they think he's dead in a morgue and then he opens his eyes to reveal he's alive and in the movie that's just not what happens well he, he <sighs> It's hard to explain. I, w- I won't bother explaining it. But yeah, the, look, look up, look up. Yeah, we'll cut this part out. <laughs> look up um, Blade Trinity CGI eyes scene. You'll find screenshots of it. There's actually not a clip of it on YouTube. Or there's like yeah. a, someone filming their TV annoyingly. Um, 
So that's pretty funny. But it's pretty it's a pretty funny protest to just be like, I'm not going to open my eyes. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. <laughs> Uh, we just took a quick break to uh, save, but while we were doing that, um, I found out a little bit more information behind the scenes um, of Wesley Snipes being troublesome. Um, so the the falsely accusing David S. Goyer of racism um, was apparently because he saw the only black crew member wearing a t-shirt that said garbage on it. <laughs> Is that David S. Goyer's fault? Did he give everyone a uniform? Uh, well, I mean, I think that's the point is that it wasn't David S. Goyer's fault, but right. Look, I'm, I'm, I'll be the first to throw shit at David S. Goyer, but, <laughs> um, and we do need to examine these things. Uh, he also tried to push for a sex scene with Jessica Biel. Look, <laughs> I was going to say something real gross. What? I was going to be like, well, could you blame him? <laughs> <laughs> but obviously... That shouldn't be in there. I mean, saying you were going to say it and then saying it anyway, surely that's just okay. As gross. So, so let me explain why you sh- I should. Well, have we'll said cut it, this all out anyway, so it doesn't matter. But explain for me. <laughs> it's it's always a it's always a red flag when an actor is like, we should have a sex scene. Then mm. then you you know, and an actor should never want to have a sex scene. It's like being president. An actor you should, shouldn't want to have sex. You shouldn't want to be president. If you want to be president, you shouldn't be president. And mm. similarly, if you're pushing for a sex scene with an actress or an actor, Jesus. <laughs> then maybe that's a good incentive to not do it. Unless I guess they mm. truly believe that the character. Yeah. Um, well. But, this is Blade Trinity. At so. least he, in some way, uh, cared about Jessica Alba. I mean, Jessica Biel. That's a funny mistake <laughs> that I made because uh, it was what I was segueing into was that one of the, the, the TV commercials, the TV spots for the film, uh, was recalled after it being aired for a day because it credited Jessica Biel as Jessica Alba. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, there's also, speaking of Jessica Biel, there's a shot in this film when it's it's very brief, but I was like, "Huh, that was that's kind of like how'd they get that?" Because um, she does this bit where she's because she is a bow and arrow, and there's one scene where like a shot flies directly at the camera, and I was like, "Fuck!" And it, you know, like obviously they have ways of doing this where it's just like plexiglass and and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I was like, "That's pretty amazing." But it turns out she actually like sh- um, they have this massive plexiglass screen, except for which was um just had a hole where the lens was like two inches by two inches. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like 50 feet away and managed to hit directly into the lens and like, That's pretty um, cool. you know, destroy a $300,000 camera. Hell yeah. Yeah. There's footage, Hell yeah. there's um, footage of it on YouTube of her, like reacting to having destroyed a camera. She just fucking cracks up. <laughs> <laughs> imagine owning that camera and you're watching like the one person on set you're not allowed to get angry at <laughs> laughing at you yeah you're laughing a camera is broken <laughs> and you're laughing you oh predictable ajb good. predictable good again stuff. oh come on man <laughs> say something nice about me so i can be motivated to finish the podcast uh all right well anyway that's all we have time for um <laughs> what? i look good today yeah you're wearing like My a leather jacket up. I have a leather jacket. I, I couldn't tell if that was the seat. I was like, either you've lost a lot of weight from your shoulders and you're sitting and you're real thin on a chair, or those are your shoulders. Um, and it's both. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I've I've I got this jacket from the late night thrifty store. In oh, yeah, can you stand my up and give us a friend, twirl, and I'll describe it to the my friend the podcast. Serena and Chris, my friend Serena and Chris, they opened up a late night thrifty store. It's very cool. You should go check it out if you live in Christchurch. Here, okay, I'm standing up. Okay, disappointing you with how fat I still. Am. <laughs> wow, yeah, that um, it's 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 a very like motorbikey jacket because it's got it's got quite big arms. Or I thought, or is that just that you've got quite short arms? And it's. I actually, I have very broad shoulders. Like, yeah. I've always had broad shoulders. Nice, very cool. Do you want to do the rest of the podcast from over there? So Blake Trinity. <laughs> I have no idea how that's going to even sound with the the various filters and things mm. I put on on the audio. Hopefully that'll come through. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll just cut this part out um mm. okay so uh do you have any yeah do you have any final thoughts on blade trinity it's clearly the worst one in the film but i will say this it's it's enjoyable in a spider-man 3 kind of way i think and that it, it's a it's it's a bit of a train wreck but you you gotta love it the the distance this the the each sequel rises and falls um is the same as the distance between spider-man 1 2 and 3's rise and fall but we're operating on a lower threshold mm. immediately with blade is that making yeah. sense so each, no, each not at all. so blade 2 and spider-man 2 are both like let's say 30 percent better than spider-man and blade and then blade trinity and spider-man 3 are both 50 percent worse than than spider-man 2 and blade 2 but blade is already is was operating at a lower capacity already that was fun. I enjoyed describing that. <laughs> I'm glad you did. And I hope that you, dear listener, enjoyed listening to it. Mm. So um, we've got now got a few segments. Uh, do you want to talk about titles? What do you think of the fact of Blade, Blade 2, Blade Trinity? I think that Trinity is quite a cool word to use to signify your third chapter. Mm. But I would have preferred if it was Blade, Blade Returns, Blade Trinity. Ooh, a blade returns. well whatever like you can i don't like that you've done two and then uh, do you know what it should have been hmm. it should have been um there was like uh he's cloned don't say and blades there's, there's a second dare. blade huh don't you'd say blades <laughs> <laughs> no it should have been blade and then blade comma t-o-o question mark so <laughs> blade like blade two like look who's talking um, too <laughs> uh, and so uh you know but it's different it's a word it's not a number mm. um and so there would be a line in the film where he goes wait but i'm blade how can you be blade two how can you be blade as well blade as well that's what it's called what if it was called like what if each sequel was like another word that meant the number like you've got blade trinity what if the second one's like blade chimera or something like that. That could be fun. Right. Blade Duality. Duality, I like that. Duality is a cool um, sequel name. Blade Deuce. Nothing to do with the film itself. The film's not really about duality, but... Mm. Blade. Blade, Blade Evolved. Because the vampires evolved. Blade Ace. Blade, colon, vampires evolved. <laughs> Is that like the, ne- the Need for Speed titling scheme or something? Like- yeah. 
Yeah, combat evolved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that Halo? Um, that... Need for Speed Combat Evolved. But the first Halo yeah, the, the is first combat Halo evolved. is called. Yeah, it's yeah. not even the second Halo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Advanced Warfare. Anyway, so uh, we've got a few segments here. Uh, could we move on to continue the franchise now? Right. I yeah. guess so, if you want. I feel like we have so many <laughs> fucking segments. Well, now. sometimes we just don't oh, do them. Yeah. All right, let's not do continue the franchise. <laughs> no, we always do continue the franchise, but we don't always do dumb IMDb trivia. Well, dumb IMDb trivia is now sprinkled across the whole. Yeah, thing I didn't and- do any um, today. The the tele- the TV commercial that um, mislabeled Jessica Biel as Jessica Alba was a piece of IMDb trivia, and it was dumb in the sense that it's dumb that this happened, yeah. but it's a good piece of trivia. Yeah. Um. So, and uh, there's been a few continuations already one that uh people listening to this might already know about some maybe they don't uh in october 2008 blade director stephen norrington was developing a, developing a prequel trilogy mm. to blade featuring stephen dorff repri- reprising his role as deacon frost uh okay. in 2016 underworld actress kate beaconsale stated that a crossover sequel to blade trinity with the underworld film series had been in development but was cancelled after the film rights reverted back to marvel in 2012 yeah it does so feel Marvel, like um the the film studio that that un, that you know beholdens the mcu um now owns the character of blade again it was owned by i guess new, new line for yeah. a while it does feel like you're either a blade kid or an underworld kid you know yeah me i'm a milky bar kid yeah but yeah underworld feels like a franchise we're long overdue to to take yeah, maybe we'll roll it. Like we, you've just fucking sealed our fate. You, I hope you cracked knuckles. I actually did. Did you hear that? Maybe. Ow, my knuckles. My knuckle. <laughs> uh, in August 2014, Snipes, that's Weasley Snipes, oh. uh, spoke about his desire to return to the franchise, saying, I'd be open to it. I think we've got some stones left unturned, and there's some latitude left for us to build on, and I'd love to get back in the suit again and do some things I've learned how to do now that I didn't know how to do then. In July 2015, Weasley Snipes, who played Blade in three films before the character's rights reverted back to Marvel, uh, stated that he had discussions with Marvel to replied the role to reprise the role sorry um so he had discussed it before the rights returned back to marvel right uh and then on 20th of july 2019 just last year during the 2019 um san diego comic-con presentation marvel studios announced that a blade reboot set in the marvel cinematic universe will be happening with mahershala ali starring as blade very interesting because this makes vampires canon in the mcu which is yeah previously not well but there'll be like science vampires oh what do you think of that uh after watching these films i'm real excited for mahershala ali but i got most excited by just googling Mahershala Ali and looking through his like previous roles and being like, "Fuck, he's a good actor." Do you know what Not- he's in? He's True actually in True Detective three. season three with Stephen Dorff. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just just thinking about Mahershala Ali and being like, "What a good actor!" Um, while uh, rem- and then remembering that I should actually be watching Blade, which is on TV in front of me. Hmm. Um, and then being like, "Oh yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess Blade is cool as well." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of tone they take with it. Um, because apparently uh, that role, they weren't necessarily actively pursuing a new Blade at the time. But um, Kevin Feige got a call from Mahershala Ali and he said, when Mahershala Ali calls you, you answer the phone. Um, and essentially he was just like, I want to play Blade. And they were like, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of power I want. Yeah. 
Doesn't uh, hurt anyone. Right, so. <laughs> um, have you got to continue the franchise? I do. Would you like to hear Good. it? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I want... I was thinking it could be a book, but it could also be a a based on a true story movie. The tell-all story of the behind-the-scenes trouble um, on Blade Trinity with the from the like assistant of Blade of of Wesley Snipes and how he had to go back and forth and and accommodate for the, for Wesley Snipes being such a um, entitled actor and 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 all those sorts of things going on um and so it's it's just sort of like a yeah like a behind the scenes look at, at what a chaotic um film with a massive budget can be like uh, and it's called blades runner <laughs> nice very good <laughs> that's very good that's very 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 good <laughs> thank you okay so uh, I was inspired by something I, I said earlier. I inspired myself. Um, wow. Where Stephen Norrington and David S. Goyer um, decide that crosses wouldn't work against vampires because what if a vampire was Jewish? So I would like to see like a Jewish blade um, who, who hunts Jewish vampires. And so this would like... Um, this feels... <laughs> Choose your words carefully when you um, describe this. Stuff <laughs> um, but no, like, so the the group of of Jewish actors you would get to play the vampires would be like the Judd Apatow gang. So it's okay. like you know, like in um, in oh, which one is it? Knocked up when they when they talk about like <laughs> if any of us get laid tonight, it's because of Eric Banner's performance in in Munich um then there's because they're celebrating his judaism in that film um but um obviously you know you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna a whitewash blade i'm gonna get an african-american jewish actor to play blade and um i've decided on eric andre as blade <laughs> i would love an eric andre blade movie dude. <laughs> i i love eric andre i'd love to see uh, there's two ways to approach this there's either you change blade or you change eric andre and that option is almost the more exciting <laughs> to, to go for is like oh what if it's like eric andre you have to play it the same way wesley sipes <laughs> played it and it's a serious movie what does eric andre look like when he's actually trying to act you know yeah. that's the question Cool. Well, that's great. I think um, an odd, an odd. Ju- <laughs> so <laughs> there's nothing deeper than it than just mentioning Judaism before. Do they do they use stars of David as in place of crosses? Uh, I don't know enough. About, I don't want to say anything insensitive here. So I, I wouldn't write the film. You know, it right. would be like it would be like a Judd Apatow. It would be directed by Judd Apatow, starring um, Seth Rogen as Whistler and uh, Pete Davidson as Deacon Frost. I don't know if he's Jewish. Actually, I'm just trying to think of a younger person who um, let's look it up recently. Is what about um Larry David as Whistler? (laughs) Yes, yeah, Larry David as Whistler, Seth Rogen as um (laughs) as Deacon Frost. Uh, His his Jewish ancestry raised Catholic. No. So, I don't know. Just get them. Get them all. Uh. He was raised Catholic, dude. The 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 the, the, the Judaism Blade movie is not going to be well received if a Catholic is playing <laughs> central. But he's the villain. Yeah. There you go. Um, or um, what are the um, African American Jewish actors we got? David Diggs from Hamilton. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love David Diggs. He's great. Um, He'd be a good blade, sure. Yeah, sure. sure. Why not? Uh, okay, cool. So um, let's What's now... it called? Jewish blade? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, okay, so now uh, we've got we've only got a couple of segments left. So um, now what we do is we rank Dat Franch. Ah, yes. I'll uh, pull up. And we're going to edit this list. Add film. Blood. <laughs> so um, we recently uh, got a, number f- a new film in the number two spot, which was uh, The Godfather. Mm. Um, so Blade at number three, are we thinking? Or where are yeah. you thinking you're putting that? Yeah, three, definitely. We watched two of the best trilogies of all time right next to each other. This is on Letterboxd, by the way. If you want to go to letterboxd.com slash Um we've we've ranked every franchise we've covered. Um Okay, so we, give me where's a good starting point with Blade. Okay, um, do we think it's above or below the Nymphomaniac Constant? The Nymphomaniac Constant being the most average, perfectly average franchise, um, because the quality of the films cancels out each other. Uh yes, I think it is better than the Nymphomaniac. Okay, Constant, and I also think it's better than Mighty Ducks, which is the first one. Is it better than the, the Expendables? Um, what do you think? I, if if you said Richard, you have to um watch another one, like you have to watch an Expendables film again or a Blade film again. I would choose a Blade film. I agree. So we're above Expendables, which is at forty four. There's a better uh, an American Werewolf in London, and then Halloween are our yeah. next franchises. Should we keep all our spooky films together? <laughs> Very appropriate, but I don't know because I, then I, you've I got that above those is The Hangover, and I don't think the blade I, I don't think blade reaches the heights of the first hangover yeah i reckon i reckon it does i reckon just with del toro alone yeah sure okay is it better <laughs> than the love bug yes is it better than jaws no no well why is jaws so high because <laughs> the first one's real good um well let's put it between i think it goes between national treasure and the love bug Okay, so it's not as good as National Treasure, but it's better than Love Bug. Cool. Putting it there at number 39. Woohoo! In between National Treasure and The Love Bug. Of course, uh, The Love Bug refers to the Herbie franchise. Um, all right, now, I uh, this is a very special edition of Franchise Relay. At the end of um, every other episode, we will uh, we roll a random number generator. We're not really rolling it. It's an app on my phone. I push a button. Uh, and then, It's not really roulette. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, it corresponds to a list of film franchises, uh, and the corresponding number uh, decides what we cover. Um, since AJ is obsessed with covering spooky things all month, um, mm-hmm. we have made a spooky franchise list. Um, AJ's just left the ease back. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to click onto another tab and accidentally <laughs> clicked refresh. <laughs> aj just momentarily left the call and i was left like is he doing this because he doesn't like me accusing him of of being of saying you know like oh we have to do spooky things you like just fuck you that's the end of the podcast (laughs) um so i've got the film franchise list up and a new kind of segment we're going to officially introduce is that when we do franchise roulette one person rolls it and gives clues to the other person um guest at franchise we've got ranked at franchise franchise roulette 
guessed at franchise. And whose turn is it to guess? Oh, well, I've got it up, so I'm going to do it. Okay. Is this going to be the deciding way of doing it each time? Uh, yep. And I and, tell you what, mate, it's going to fall on me most of the time. <laughs> and so this is, um, these are spooky franchises for, for yeah. And so it's not, through. it's not just like necessarily horror movies. Um, Blade would have been on here had it been, although looking at the list now, it's mostly horror movies. Um, I mean, there's so Halloween there's, Town. That's not a horror. Oh, oh, spoilers for the fucking list, AJ. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, now we have to do Halloween Town because they know it's on there. <laughs> Cut this part out. Anyway, um, okay, so there's 42 franchises on this list compared to our usual 130 something. So. 28. 28. Fucking hell. Holy shit. What? What do you think it is? Is it Halloween Town? It fucking is Halloween Town. Are you serious? I, I fucking am. Go look. <laughs> go look. We go look. <laughs> what? Why? Oh, God. I, yeah. <laughs> Are you mad at me? I am. You ruined it. Oh, I didn't. Oh, my look at God. That. 28 Halloween Town. Four films. That's insane. That's actually insane. What was the one that I... What, what one did you say just before? They were like, oh, it'll be that one because you Under, said it. Underworld. Yeah. Underworld 39. Underworld. But you, well, you you had to go and um, mention another franchise after that. And now we're doing <laughs> Halloween Town. But I you mean, know what? It, I, know nothing, fran- I know nothing about Halloween Town. It's a good franchise to do. Like, it's Halloween. Yeah. It's a. It it's like funny. a Disney... It's a DCOM. It's a D- series of DCOMs. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's have a look. So we've got Halloween Town, Halloween Town Two, Calabar's Revenge. I'm presuming Calabar <laughs> is a character from the first film. Um, uh, Halloween Town High and Return to Halloween Town. Now, let me just double ch- just check since these are all Disney Channel original movies. Uh, I'm guessing they're on Disney Plus. But uh, so if you want to play along at home, um, we just can. log into our Disney Plus account. <laughs> uh, here's the. We'll put the details on screen now. What is is Death Note a spooky franchise? That's yeah. on here. All right. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, they are all four of those are on Disney Plus. If you want to watch them at home, you might be mad at me, but I think it's a good franchise. No, I, I, I it, it is good, and it's funny that we landed on that, and the the insane levels of improbability, a one in forty two chance, almost incalculable. This does happen to us a lot, though. Yeah. <laughs> So much so that if I was a fan of the show, I would be getting suspicious. God, that is weird. That is weird. That's weird. Look, I'm not afraid to say it, Richard. <laughs> Do you know what? It's spooky is what it is. Oh, then it's appropriate, even though Halloween Town is one of the rare non-horrors on there. <laughs> I can't believe this happened. I'm I'm so numb to it now, though. It's happened yeah, so many times. I've become so numb. And I've gotten so excited so many times when it has happened. Remember when we got Kill Bill right after Nymphomaniac? And after yeah. we just talked about Kill Bill for like... Hated that. Hated that. <laughs> anyway. um, Oh, fuck yeah. These are all like 80 minutes. Yeah, dude. Fuck <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and they'll be fun as well. I think I've seen the first one a long time ago. It was all one right. of those... On, on in the middle of the day during the school holidays. Okay, well, let's save some of the discussion for next week. No! 
<laughs> no, we're only halfway through this podcast. I'm going to struggle to remember what I know about Halloween Town. <laughs> well, anyway, look, guys, thank you for for following along. Hope you're excited for Halloween Town next week and uh, next fortnight. Sorry, um, next week we're going to be doing something something else, something special, something, something a little spooky. Um, so that'll be fun. We will actually be announcing what that is earlier because we'll need people should be given the opportunity to prep for a certain aspect of it anyway this is a weird way of saying that um this is the end of the show um if you enjoyed it please consider supporting cop popcher on all the various social media platforms including facebook youtube instagram twitter um or you can email us at cop popcher gmail cop popcher media at gmail.com um you can also support us on patreon patreon.com slash cop you can also join our discord server which is um if you can find various links to including in the show notes of this episode and you can also find it sticky it's our sticky tweet it's our pinned tweet um so you can find it there um where else what else can people do if they want to get in contact with us richard uh, join the Discord. Join the Discord. DM us on the Discord. Um, all our DMs are open on every single medium, on every single platform. If you wanted to talk to us, um, so do all that. Join us. Join the cult. Um, and stay tuned for the post-credit scene coming up momentarily. A Richard, spooky post-credit scene, no doubt. No doubt, dude. No doubt. It actually, is no. Last week's one was. This one was. Fuck. Anyway. Thank you, everybody. Bye. I hope you enjoyed Blade. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the post credit scene. This is a scene at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more on our Patreon, you get to give us something to talk about, something to do, something to play in the end of the episode. And this question comes to us from Dan Connell on the Patreon, and he asks a classic, an age-old question of the Cold <laughs> Popsha fan base. Uh, what is a franchise you are not looking forward to watching? And look, before we allowed our patrons to suggest and vote on uh, franchises for us to cover I would have happily told people and maybe <laughs> what what the franchise I was least looking forward to covering was um, but now that they can have, they will listen to this and know what ones we don't want to cover we have been a bit secretive over the last few years though at the same time I think the secrets have got out as like I think like a lot of our listeners are like people we are close to in real life who, who we've had these well, conversations say with. say so. <laughs> Not a lot of them, but some <laughs> of them. Um, and so th- I think the cat's out of the bag a bit. Um, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time we do this franchise Absolutely that we've been dreading die. since... Well, maybe since maybe we'll do it as like our first one next year. Um, a similarly torturous <laughs> fucking long, pod, um, long series yeah. of films to James Bond. Um before we say that, and maybe we will, but maybe we won't say what it is. Um, but I, I like for me, it's the franchises that I don't look forward to are the ones that like just aren't interesting. You know, like yeah. um, the the ones like because because people always go like, does this count as a franchise? Because like they all they have this in common, or like does Pixar count as a franchise? Does Tarantino count as a franchise? And it's like when you can't look at what a, a sequel does that's not interesting you know like Mm. um so doing like one film and and its sequel 
without like having a guest it's just me and you and it's like the films aren't really related it's like because because this ultimately is a podcast about franchises and like the art of a sequel so that's why like something like a star is born isn't um isn't a franchise because there's four adaptations of the same thing and it's like we can't talk about building a franchise from that you know um and so yeah there's like there's certain films and and also when they don't like uh, stay in the public consciousness um as well so something like critters and even like romancing the stone because it's like not only is it just two films but it's like yeah no, no one's going to click on that episode specifically and they were like back to back with the nutty yeah. professor as well that was a that was a hard time for the podcast was those three franchises that, those are the, the first three franchises we did after you moved back to christchurch as yeah, well yeah yeah yeah. and that, that's the the famous we're in different cities era yeah, when yeah. you pointed that out at the start of every episode <laughs> um yeah i'd agree that there's a certain um je ne sais quoi or as the italian said <laughs> no i can't remember what it was <laughs> um, it was that, weeks ago now that yeah that certain franchises don't have or do have depending on if it's a good thing or a bad thing um where it's like uh, do you like do you want to hear us talk about this yeah like like you know you, yeah like yeah i don't know maybe people just want to hear us talk about like tarantino but it's like it's not we can do that there's a different thing yeah, exactly. We've talked about it. it did Kill Bill. Yeah. Eat up. Which arguably isn't a franchise. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is some franchises out there. And because oh, it's really heated up in the last few weeks that like um, uh, not not showing people the franchise list. Yeah. On, on the Discord, everyone's asking to see the franchise list. And we refuse. It's, it's frankly... It's impolite to ask. <laughs> in, uh, so, in some cultures, it's actually considered very rude to ask to see someone's franchise list. What, what, what's your reasoning for not showing people? Like, how um, I don't. So things move around, and <laughs> occasionally, certain decisions are made based on the good of the podcast and the good of the content that are removed from episodes that could be seen as us wiggling. Using the wiggle room, hmm. we're allowed with not having anyone else see it in front of us that yeah. we could get pulled up on. It doesn't happen a lot. It's happened a few times. And again, well, it's, 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 it's things like the example I would give is that, like, if we know October is coming up, like we're in the middle of it at the moment, I think. <laughs> I can't forget when this is coming out. Um, that, like, and we're planning, oh, we like, we do Halloween. And then we roll randomly on a franchise which would require us to do two weeks, meaning that we wouldn't be able right. to do Halloween or we wouldn't, or we would have to push it out of, um, like, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, usually when we're tying it into, like, a, a theatrical release and it's like, okay, we've got this date marked on the calendar and then, oh, fuck, if we get Lord of the Rings before then, that means we have to do the hop the following week. And, it, yes. and we can't do it, so we just re-roll. But people be like, no, you cheated. It's supposed to be random. It's like, it's, it's still as random. Like, it's still as random. And also, I'll say this, we've never not done a franchise we've landed on because it was too hard. That has never happened. Yeah, we, like, it, the, yeah. re- the reason for the gimmick of the list to be there has never been um, like betrayed. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, we've yeah, never yeah. cheated in the sense that because, we would, because it would be too hard. If you look at the fucking series that we've covered... Do you really think we would have let ourselves do the land before time if we, you know, if we employed yeah, if we, that, if we were just that. secretly choosing? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it is like like every decision we have made, like 
even if you argue it goes against the sanctity of what you might think the podcast is it's it's for the good it's for it ended up with better content exactly we are in the end content creators behind the facade of friendliness um we are trying to make something here so anyway Uh, dan i hope that answered your question as to uh why won't we show you the franchise list that was the question right (laughs) (laughs) a question i was scared to answer that wasn't asked um so okay dan what is a franchise i'm not looking forward to watching do we want to say what the the holy grail one is or well so there's the holy grail one but i actually i know it's going to be torturous to watch but i'm not necessarily not looking forward to doing it if this podcast ended before we did that franchise i would be disappointed yeah yeah but it's 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 going to be an arduous task to watch yes and that franchise is i'll just cut it there (laughs) should we I don't care if you want to put yeah, like a, a car going past or something. <laughs> yeah, just like a cacophony of sound. 